Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. Your automotive team. Uh, if I sound a little breathless this morning, the uh, time change a week ago kind of caught up on me and... Uh, Ran a little late this morning on the way to the show. Set a new land speed record between Jupiter, Florida and North Palm Beach. But here we are, Mrs. Sunrise and I. Matter of fact, the only reason I knew about the show is because I was doing the morning sunrise and a couple of my sunrisers said, you're going to be late to the radio show. And I looked at my watch and I said, oh, oh, that's not exactly what I said, but I can't repeat it on the air what I said. Anyway, here we are, and if you're new to the show, Earl on cars, you're in for a treat. I say that with uh, a lot of immodesty, I suppose, but we're very proud of what we do here. Uh, we uh, arm you uh, to uh, deal with dealers, car dealers, as it were. Uh, we give you the uh, inside scoop as to how car dealers are deceiving you, and not just in Florida. We're uh, worldwide, but for all practical purposes, uh, we're uh, all over the country. United States. We have calls from Wisconsin, California, Missouri, Texas, uh, all over. And uh, we're on Facebook, Earl on Cars, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We're also on YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitter, Periscope, streaming constantly out into uh, cyberspace. We'd love to have you call the show. That's the most important thing about what we do here is listen to you. And uh, I think probably the first few times I said that when this show started 20 years ago, I'm, maybe I didn't really believe it. Well, maybe the reason I didn't believe it 20 years ago is hardly anybody called the show. <laughs> I mean, we were only on for half an hour. We would uh, sit here sweat bullets praying for people to call. Now we have a pretty good uh, bank of callers, and we also have uh, tweeters, and we have uh, texters, uh, Facebookers, posters, and YouTubers. and. Uh, I'm going to give you the basic number, the number that is the most personal. That's a call-in number. Remember the old telephone? Well, that number is 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And then down the chart of priority, but it's also very effective, and we like it because it gives us a little archive during the show to drop back on, and toward the end of the show, we usually pick up uh, all the text. We have a text number uh, for both those that are a little bit uh, camera shy, mic shy, still want to get their point across. The text number is 772. That's here it goes, 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. And a unique number that no show that I know of has I don't know any, anyone 
that uses this anonymous feedback as a uh, URL. It's a link that you can go on to the website and send us a message, and it's anonymous. It goes through a, you know, I don't know, CIA, NSA. I mean, it's 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 absolutely uh, impervious to hacking or anything like that. Nobody knows who sends these in, but we get them loud and clear. It's anonymousfeedback.com, real simple. You're, I should say, Y-O-U-R, anonymousfeedback.com, Y-O-U-R, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback, just like it sounds, dot com. Anything you want to say, you can be harsh, uh, you can be frank, honest, transparent. I mean, there are no... Uh, no holes barred. Actually, we get some of our most constructive, interesting on this. I don't, we don't know why, but we do. So there you go. All the venues to co communicate, which is what makes the show what it is. It's a, it's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It sounds like a monologue right now, I know. But uh, I'm going to shut up pretty quick, and uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to get into the meat of the show, which is your calls, your Facebooks, your YouTubes, your anonymous feedbacks. Uh, I also have to mention, too, that it sounds like we're all about buying and selling cars and getting ripped off and how not to get ripped off. It's also about maintaining and repairing cars. And uh, Rick Kearney, uh, uh, he's, he's my sidekick here to my right. He's been with me for over a quarter century. Does that make you feel old, Rick, when I say that? Yeah, that and the arthritis and the messed <laughs> back and aches and pains. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Rick really knows his stuff. He's a technician, auto computer scientist, uh, mechanic. Can't call him a grease monkey anymore because that's politically incorrect, I guess. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, but I, I'm old. <laughs> I don't get offended anymore. <laughs> no, you, know, he, you were a grease monkey uh, when you started. He was a kid. He started yeah. out playing, putting uh, engines together. Uh, you know, you have to have a natural ability, uh, and you have to love that because you don't stick to it. And then he stayed on top of it all these years. I'm amazed. I mean, it was like, it was like the Wright brothers. You were flying a biplane, and now you're in a uh, rocket ship. I mean, you're in a uh, spacecraft. So he stayed on top of auto technology up to today. And let me tell you something. Today is challenging. A lot of you folks out there have questions about your car. If you bought a new car recently, you probably don't know how to operate half the stuff on the car, your Bluetooth or something like that. Uh, you might have a strange noise you don't know anything about. The more complex and good, you could say, that safe and uh, reliable cars are, the more complicated they get. That's almost, uh, uh, that's almost counterintuitive, right? I mean, you think that it would, but it's, there, there are challenges. And I'm speaking as a car dealer. I've been around for 50 plus years as a car dealer. And I don't know how to operate a lot of the stuff on my car. Um, every week or so, I discover a new switch or a button or something I didn't even know was there. And I said, well, that's really cool. And uh, anyway. Rick Kearney, you call us at our audio number, 877-960-9960, or our text number, 772-497-6530. Or you go on YouTube, Rick monitors the YouTube channel, and if you go on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash your own cars, you'll go straight to Rick. And if you go through the text or something else, he gets the message anyway. So if you have any kind of a question about the mechanics or electronics or the computerization of your car, just ask for Rick Kearney. And uh, I can uh, I look over at my lovely wife and co-host, Nancy Stewart. Uh, she was uh, just experienced one of the most uh, uh, daring 
um, drives of her life between <laughs> Jupiter and uh, North yeah. Palm Beach of the radio studio. I didn't I think did, about that. I did set a new land speed record, and and and, may, and, and I want to thank the police of Jupiter, Juno, the uh, North way. Palm Beach, and all the other municipalities I went through <laughs> that uh, didn't pull me over. No, I'm serious. I'm I'm, exa I'm a safe driver. Sometimes I have to speed up a little bit. And here we are. Nancy has uh, got her stuff together. I think she looks pretty good over there. And uh, I think uh, she needs to tell you why uh, it's important that you ladies out there participate. And uh, she has a, for you new folks, if you're, if you're female and you just tuned in the show, listen to this, you're going to hear an offer that's too good to be true. But it is true. And uh, it's, it is honest. And it's something to induce you to call the show. I, I uh, introduce you to Nancy Stewart, my co-host. Okay. It's all yours, honey. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. We definitely enjoy your company. You're a big part of the show, and we have a lot to get to this morning. And uh, the first thing that I'd like to get to is offering the ladies $50 for the first two new lady callers. <coughs> Excuse me. That, uh, uh, ladies. That's, uh, that's, that's a lot of money. You're, you're, hmm? you're coughing. You're thinking about that. Writing those checks. How many checks do you think you've written over the years? Uh, a lot, right? Thousands. Yeah. Yes. So, ladies, uh, how did your uh, how did your car, excuse me, let me start over again. How did your transaction go this past week or, or this past month? Uh, how did uh, how were you treated when you went into the dealership? Uh, did you have a certain way that you saved money on your purchase? Uh, share your ideas with us and win yourself $50 at the same time. $50 for the first two new lady callers. We'd love to hear from you. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget your anonymous feedback com. Well, Stu Stewart is the one remaining member of the group here that I haven't introduced. Most of you know him. Uh, he's my son. He's the general manager of our dealership. In full transparency, we are an active automobile dealership. We've had a, a Toyota dealership uh, for 47 years uh, in uh, North Palm Beach. And uh, But this is not an infomercial. I hasten to mention that. Uh, a lot of uh, car dealers accuse uh, us of being disingenuous about this show, but it is a consumer advocacy show. And, and, and the highlight of the show, probably the reason we have such a good following, our ratings are very good on this show, I say that immodestly, <laughs> is probably because of the Mr. Shopping Report. And he is in charge of that. Uh, he is Stu Stewart, uh, actually Earl Stewart, we call him Stu. And uh, he, uh, he runs that operation. He's got, uh, he's got a team of uh, undercover agents he chooses uh, car dealerships to uh, visit, some out of state, some in state. I think we have a caller. We do. Uh, we have a caller from Jupiter. He's a regular caller, and uh, it's Howard. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. I hope all of you are feeling fine. It's a wonderful day today. I hope the sun stays out. And mm -hmm. uh, Actually, we need a little rain. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I want to show you how it's easy to get ripped off by a uh, service department. A friend of mine who knows nothing about a car, and he drives a Hyundai. Uh, a Hyundai's a pretty good car. However, 
no zero about it. Uh, he had a, a problem with his um, uh, axle. Uh, the boot was leaking. So he brought it into, a, I wanted to say, a wet dealership, and they wanted to charge him for the axle. I told him, no charge because you're under warranty. He said, I don't understand it. Why am I under warranty? I said, that's your part of your drivetrain. So I wanted to ask Rick about that. You consider the axle part of the drivetrain? Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, now this is going by Toyota rules, but I'm sure Honda feels the same way on it. Because drive axles are internally lubricated, the, the boots are greased, they are considered driveline component. And as a matter of fact, even the front wheel bearings are also driveline, and therefore the warranty on those is the five-year 60,000. Whereas the non-driven wheels, such as on a front-wheel drive car, the back wheels, the back wheel bearings, are only three-year 36,000. Okay, so what he did, uh, it, the boot was leaking, so he called me. He knows I know something about cars, and I used to do do this many years ago. I used to put a split boot in there. Uh, I'm sure, uh, Rick, you know what a split boot is. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, I know. I, I, I said, they don't even sell them anymore. I, Rick, I don't think you can get a split boot anymore. No, uh-uh. uh yeah. I mean, uh, I, I did it in my car, and it lasted about six months, but uh, it wasn't well, a good idea. To, to explain so, to, to the other folks who might not understand, um, a CV boot is kind of, it's a, it's a looks almost like a funnel-shaped piece of rubber that's slightly corrugated, and it's meant to be able to handle the flexing and turning of the axle as it's going in different angles. And it's sealed, it's got clamps on each end, it has a bunch of grease inside it, so that the axle joint is nicely greased. When that boot gets torn or split and starts to leak, all the grease comes out, it will do eventually destroy the axle. So what they, somebody came up with the idea that you could simply cut off the old boot and have this boot that wraps around it and clamps together with little, like, little screws to hold it together and put new clamps on it with new grease in there and that would give you a quick get-by. The problem with that is that those little screws didn't seal very well, and eventually the grease would come right back out of that old boot. So yeah. you'd have you'd be right back in the same situation. But in this case here, your friend, uh, he should have got the brand new axle, uh, uh, and, and he's c- totally covered. Should have cost him nothing. And they were trying. You wonder. Uh, you think it's more stupidity, or I don't think it's dishonesty on their part. They just they just weren't educated. Why would they want to do something and have the customer pay when they get paid either way? Well, I think the reason is it was just at the end, almost at the end of his warranty. He, he was maybe uh, days, but uh-huh. he was still in the warranty. Yeah. Maybe they slipped up on that. You know? Well, it also might be, and again, speculation, a car dealer can charge anything he wants for a customer, what we call non-warranty customer pay, and they probably were going to charge him a lot more than what Hyundai manufacturer would pay under warranty. They have a, they they put a cap on what they will pay on a particular repair. Actually, it's, f- it's a fair payment to the dealer. But if they want to make 50% higher, they can charge anything they want for customer pay. That's probably what it is. I just answered my own question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but they asked him. Says, I, uh, "Did you buy the car here?" He said, "No." And, and the guys, you know, I, I think that I think if you were bought, bought the car uh, at that place, they would have done the job. Yeah. But uh, they refuse. 
Howard, you sure you don't want to mention the name of the dealer? We name dealers here. If you if you feel uncomfortable about it, I won't pressure you. But uh, part of the value <coughs> of the show is alerting people to to uh, dealers that take advantage in service and sales. You know, I would mention it, but uh, my friend's not here, so I don't want to. You know. Okay, go, I understand. Sure. Go over his head. Maybe maybe he w doesn't want me to mention it. I, I understand. Would personally sure. Personally, mention it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, the place is um, has a name similar to a place in uh, Italy. So that's a clue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's see. I, I know. Rome, uh, is there, is Rome, there a city in, in Italy called <laughs> Naples? <laughs> Naples <laughs> something? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I've never been to Italy. I don't know. Howard, thank you very much. These uh, real-life uh, situations are the best way to uh, underscore and impress upon people that you've got to be careful in service departments just like you do the sales department. And if you have something that you don't understand, be sure you talk to somebody. Fortunately, this guy had a friend, Howard, who did understand, and otherwise he'd have been victimized. I know. And can, can, uh, Rick, can you tell us exactly what the drivetrain is and how long uh, does it usually have a warranty for, let's say, Toyota? So people understand what, what a drivetrain is, how, how long the warranty is, and what you, should, what you should do if you have problems with the warranty. Well, every manufacturer will set their own uh, length of warranty time. Uh, some some manufacturers now are like ten years, a hundred thousand miles on the drive. What they call the drive line or drivetrain warranty. Basically, that is the engine, the transmission, and the drive axles and the bearings out at the end of those drive axles. Everything that's lubricated. But it's yeah, it's stuff that is lubricated or coolant is also considered a lubrication. So a water pump, um, anything in the engine, anything in the transmission, but anything that is not lubricated or not touched by the coolant, except for the radiator, radiator's not five years, 60,000, yeah. is basic, uh, the basic the, the, These things hardly ever fail if you maintain them properly. And that's the reason car dealers also give free powertrain warranties. A lot of dealers are advertising free warranties. They don't mention, except in the fine print, that it's a powertrain warranty. Powertrain warranty, as Rick says, is the ones that the manufacturers give, you know, five, ten years. They don't care. If you come in and maintain your car according to the owner's manual and you do your lubrication the way it should be, the powertrain rarely fails. It's very surprising to hear about an axle uh, uh, failing, but they do fail once in a great while. Uh, you never want to pay for a powertrain warranty, and if someone gives you one free, it's kind of like nitrogen in your tires. If it's free, it's not going to hurt your tires, and a free powertrain warranty isn't going to hurt you either, but not likely to, uh, to do you much good either. Yeah. Thank you, Howard. The difference, can, you, can you explain the difference between a powertrain warranty and a drivetrain warranty? The same thing. There are the, it's just two, two different words, but same thing. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for the information. Have a good day, guys. You too. You too. Thanks, care. Howard. Nice hearing from you. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and take advantage of www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, we're just introducing Stu to talk about our mystery shopping report and I say this maybe too frequently, but we really have one that is unique today. Stay tuned uh, the second half of the show because it surprised uh, all of us, I think. And uh, yeah. uh, I won't say anything more. I'll let uh, 
we should talk about you know, it. We're not going to give anything away, um, but it's nice when we have a good variety of mystery shopping reports when we go from the, the worst to the best. Um, maybe that was a clue there, but um, we went. We returned to a Lexus dealership because we seem to be on a Lexus theme uh, last couple of weeks. We returned to a Lexus dealership, JM Lexus, that we act was we were last there in 2019, so almost two years ago. And uh, on that report, they did great. Yeah. And uh, they had recently launched a one price, a brand. They totally changed their selling process. They went to one price, one person. Uh, Lexus made a big deal about it nationally. Um, they selected. Uh, uh, just some dealers to pilot this thing, and it was the, the goal was for Lexus to become a, uh, ma- a a brand that was all one price. I think the last time that ever happened was was, was Saturn. It was the last time a whole manufacturer went went that route, and uh, they did really well. And uh, so the nice thing about having a big stable of mystery shoppers, um, we can go back and, and see things see how things uh, changed over time. So uh, having Agent Lightning um, as a mystery shopper it gives us a huge example so, uh, advantage. Because we do p- give these grades, and we've talked about um, on this show how uh, changes in management, changes in selling uh, policies uh, can impact the consumer experience. So one mystery shop won't do it. We always got to go back, and we, got, we always got to see, uh, see how, they're, how they're behaving um, uh, a few months or maybe some cases a few years later. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I like think I dealerships said, got like uh, 25, 30, 40, 50 salespeople. Yeah. And uh, you really, it's, it's a one on one experience that makes it or breaks it. And you can have a dealer with very good intentions, and he's got two or three rogue salespeople. Hard to uh, know exactly what's going to happen when you have that uh, buying or servicing experience. That's right. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, it'll come around, around 9 30 or so, we'll get to it. And I'll be J.M. Lexus down in Margate, Florida. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have we got any texts that have come in yet? Any YouTubes? Any, uh, you got any over there, anonymous Rick? feedbacks? Uh, just a whole lot of good mornings from everybody. All Everybody kind of checking in. Uh, good. All right. No problem. Then let's kick it off with uh, a text from Anne-Marie. Uh, Anne-Marie, our you're, most you're intelligent, intelligent, good morning, provocative, useful caller. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It, I, I love it when her her text is waiting for it's the first one. So yeah, exactly. Excuse me. So yeah. good morning, Anne Marie, and thank you for joining us every single week with the most amazing questions and information. That's right. The ladies love you. And she's listening. <laughs> I know because sometimes she she will comment by text uh, on the show. Okay, so here's Anne Marie's uh, question. It says, "Good morning. I haven't been off." I haven't been off-road mud-bogging or sliding around icy roads on snowing mountains, so this question is mostly theoretical for me. What is the difference between AWD, all-wheel drive, and 4WD, four-wheel drive? This next question is not so theoretical. Which is better for maintaining control on I-95 when a very heavy rainstorm pops up and hydroplaning is very likely? This is a perfect question for Rick. All-wheel drive versus four-wheel drive. Enlighten us. <laughs> they are almost the same thing, except four-wheel drive is generally on a vehicle that you can switch from two-wheel drive to four-wheel drive and back again. All-wheel drive means your all four wheels are getting power all the time. They should call all-time all-wheel drive. That's pretty much just what it is. All-wheel drive. <laughs> and the best thing about having all-wheel drive, which I'm, I'm hats off and applauding Subaru for this because I think every one of their cars is all-wheel drive. And it provides an incredible change in control. The ability for this car to control itself 
in any situation uh, for highway, whether you're on a dry, clean road or not, having all-wheel drive will make a big difference if you get in a panic situation. Somebody cuts you off. And that's because your attraction is, is measured and the computer senses the fact that if you lose traction on one wheel, it'll take the traction and put it on another wheel so you're not, you're not going to spin or you're not going to swerve. Uh, it gives you the traction where it can be uh, close to 100% traction and keep you exactly. move, moving in the direction you're driving. Exactly. So, positive. Uh, years ago, they had the positive traction. They called, I think, General Motors, and that was a, just for the rear wheels. That was a rear wheel drive sort of thing. But if your right wheel had no traction, you were in the snow, it would give you traction on your left wheel to get out. And that's what four wheel, uh, all wheel drive does all the time. And it should be Subaru, as you say, we salute Subaru because every manufacturer should make all their cars, and even when they're electric, I mean, it makes no difference. They should be all-wheel drive. Absolutely. Anne-Marie, another magical, very intelligent, useful question. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Okay, we'll jump over to a text. This is a, a, from a, he's texted us a few times. It's Tom in West Alice, Wisconsin. Hmm. Um, he, thanked, he asked us a question last week. Um, he says he has a, he has a dog-related question for his next question. <laughs> he says, I was taking my car in for an oil change, and I thought I, th I, thought I would clean up the interior of my car. Um, we have a dog that sheds, and it seems near impossible to get all the hair um, off the carpeted areas. Any good tips for getting the hair up to be vacuumed? And how much would that depreciate or hurt the resale value of the vehicle? Uh, Tom, I actually found a product because I've had dogs my whole life, and um, I have one dog now, but at one point I had three, and dog hair was definitely a factor in my life. <laughs> so uh, we found a product called Fuzz Off, and it's, it's like a, almost like a stone, like a pumice stone. It's actually made of recycled glass, I think. And uh, you use it, and you rub it over the surface of the carpet, and it just it bring, pulls up the, the, the dog hair really oh. efficiently, and then you can kind of vacuum up the, the fluff Ooh. that you get. It's called Fuzz Off, F-U-Z, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's not fuzz off, it's, f wait, let's go, furs off. Furs off. F-U-R-Z-O-F-F, -F, and you can get it on Amazon, and PetSmart, and all these things, and any pet uh, website. And um, the second part of your question, is it going to hurt the resale value of your car having dog hair in it? No. Uh, it, for a detailed, for a professional detailed department, getting rid of the dog hair isn't uh, that big of a challenge. They can get it out. And so it's just part of the normal um, car cleaning process. Uh, other things, uh, like we talked about smoke in the car, that will affect it because it's difficult to get rid of. If it's a, uh, just a part of a routine reconditioning process, they, they, they shouldn't uh, charge you more, give you less because you have dog hair. So are, are you saying, Stu, uh, that even today, if someone is a heavy smoker, and shame on you if you are, but uh, they still exist, and you know the type of person that doesn't even open the window and you smoke, and you trade that car in, a used car manager appraising that car would uh, devalue the car yeah. based on the yeah. fact that it would be unlikely that they could ever get it totally out. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, so it's uh, a lot of times when, when, when a used car manager is appraising your car, they're, they're considering the reconditioning costs. It's going to cost me $400 to replace those tires. In the case of something like smoke smell, he can spend all the money he wants on it. It's never going to completely come uh, come clean. It's just a fact. Interesting. So now the fact what he's the what he's processing now is like okay. Well, I, I need to be able to pro price this thing low enough to convince people that it's uh, that's worth uh, buying despite the smoke smell. 
So, um, in other words, they can say, well, I get this great car over here for a couple of thousand dollars less, but it smells like Marlboro's. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Or hopefully they find another smoker to, to buy the smoker car, but it's it's so hard. And there's there's technology, there are vendors, they have ozone machines, yeah. there's sprays. I hate to say this, but work. if you're trading a car in, you are a smoker, you probably should have it, uh, seriously spend the money to defumigate it, to trick the guy that's abrasing yeah. the car. Buy, your mean, buy yourself a couple of I, days. Am I being immoral to do that? I mean, it is competition. Uh, you know, the car dealers do it to you. Uh, why not do it to them? Because a smoker car is uh, is traded in. Uh, they will use all their powers to defumigate it. But as Stu just said, it's not going to last, yeah. and you're going to end up with a yeah. car that you didn't want to buy that really isn't worth what it, uh, it, it was stated value. So, uh, other reason not to smoke. I, I, I always advise anybody trading a car in. Car dealers are human beings. They see cars just like you do to some extent. And if you have a car that's detailed out very nicely and it smells good and it's shiny inside and out, you will get more money, significantly more money, uh, in, in, in the appraisal usually when you trade the car in. So it's always a good idea to, to just don't jump in the car and take it in and say, what do you give me for my car? Uh, s spend 100, $100 200 hours yeah. doing a super, super detail on that car, including defumigation. Yeah. And you'll get, uh, uh, what, uh, $500 more for the car? Yeah, well, it depends on, on the car, but a, a good percentage more yeah. uh, based on the car. And now the thing is, um, it's, it's not a hard and fast rule. It depends on how much smoking has been in the car. So you yeah. could have a car that's the chain smoke, how much, uh, if somebody chain smokes in the car with the windows up, and I yeah. see people on the road still doing that, yeah. um, forget about it. That car's done. Um, somebody that sticks their hand out the window or makes an effort, um, it's a little bit easier. But um, I don't think it's immoral to suggest cleaning your car before you trade it in because that's just a common sense thing to do. And deodorizing it to the yeah. best of your ability is okay. A, a good appraiser, if, if it's in there, they're going to detect it. And you also, like, just like we advise people um, you know, how to figure out if they're getting a flood car to smell for perfumes and things that mask odors, yeah. a used car manager is going to smell for the deodorizers and things like that. And yeah. It's always there. A good nose can pick up uh, a smoke yeah, smell. That, that's <laughs> a giveaway. Uh, let me uh, take a moment here. And uh, Yvonne, please give me a call back. I, I'm sorry I couldn't get to your call quick enough. Your call is very important to us, 877-960-9960, and our text number is 772-497-6530. And uh, I have a question for uh, all of you out there <coughs> in uh, Radio Land. Uh, do, would you consider uh, buying your next vehicle entirely online? Uh, give us your thoughts, how you feel about this uh, digital age that uh, we have reached. Um, I, I, I believe back in the 80s, I don't think that, you know, things had escalated as they are right now. Uh, but is it something you would consider? 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And Yvonne, thank you for calling me back. We're ready to take your call. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome and congratulations. You've just won yourself $50. That's a good way to start the day. It is. How are things? Good. 
good. We listen to you every Saturday, but we haven't listened early enough to call in and <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> and with the time change, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yes. So what can we do for you today? I have a question about tires. Uh, we bought our 2016 Corolla uh, at your dealership and uh, was driving down 95 and a strip of the tread came off the tire. Um, I immediately pulled to the side of the road, but the tire didn't deflate, so I drove very slowly to your dealership for help because I have the free tire promo. Mm-hmm. And the defective tire was replaced right away, but I didn't feel comfortable with one new tire and three old ones. So I asked to have a, the opposite tire replaced because my husband had always told me that that's not good. If you replace one tire, you need to replace at least two on the car. But my question is, is my thinking wrong about that? Would I have been okay with one new tire and three old ones? Uh, there was nobody at the dealership that helped me make my decision. I just went on what my I husband see. had told me in the past. Right. Um, I'm going to have Rick take uh, this question because he's the genius that sits at our table every Saturday morning. He's got all the answers. I got one question before Rick answers. Uh, how many miles were on those tires? that you had what was the what was the age of the tires before the one and you say and also second question you said the tread came off the tire yes it was about 20,000 on the tires 20,000 miles on the tires and the tread came off one tire i haven't heard of that happening on a no. new tire have you Rick? never that's the it's a new one on me that's the first time yeah. i've ever heard of that mm -hmm. i have seen it on uh what they call retreads on big tractor truck yeah. tires but that's because this they're original. This was original. Yeah. yeah. My first uh, reaction would be that's a defective tire, and uh, it probably should be covered by the uh, tire manufacturer. But uh, we're getting into a Sherlock Holmes here thing yeah. here, and I, I don't know how we could pursue it. But uh, Rick, go ahead and answer the basic question as far as. But the, on the if the tire had twenty thousand miles on it, it's getting, it's definitely had some wear to it. So yeah, I would I would prefer to have two tires matching on the axles. In other words, not mixing an old and a new tire. If the tire only had like two or three, maybe 4,000 miles on it, it really isn't gonna be worn enough to where you could match it with a new tire and you'd be just fine. But matching a new tire with an old one that's much more worn, it can cause a pull, it can cause the, the car not to feel right, to ride kind of funny. So I always would recommend doing tires in pairs at least, or all four at the same time. I know, but my, the um, free tire, tire promo on our car would not have replaced more than just the one, correct? Well, actually, uh, under our, the Tires for Life program that we have there at the dealership. Are you talking about our dealership? Yes. Oh, Earl Stewart, tell you, yeah. when did this happen? Um, how long was there? About 12 months ago. Uh -huh. About 12 months ago. It's, it's been a, a while. <laughs> huh. Maybe 
maybe 12 months ago. I just, yeah. like I said, we we usually get on the line, you know, to listen to your show, but it's too late in the morning to get through. Yeah. So. Why don't you do this? Uh, uh, I think that uh, we need to investigate that, and I appreciate your calling it to our attention. Uh, uh, text the show at 772-497-6530. Uh, do you have a pencil you can write that down? Yes. Okay, I'll give it to you again slowly. Area code 772-497-6530. And give us the information. We already have your contact information. If you can get the, uh, 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 just as a reminder to us, because we have your contact information, because you won $50. So we will uh, contact you and we will address that issue you had at my dealership uh, you say about a year ago, and thank you I for. Can, I can, I'll, I'll look up the date. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. We'll get we'll get right on it, and I'll call you back. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Yvonne, okay. thanks so much for giving us a call this morning. Uh, your your call will encourage other ladies to give the uh, give the show a call, and uh, we hope to hear from you again. And spread the word uh, to your lady friends. Fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers. Our number is 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. With anything at all, just uh, give us a, a call or a text and we can answer your questions. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I think Rick's got a YouTube. Uh, we do. Uh, this is one probably for Stu. Uh, Larry R. says, when, if ever, will supply of the Toyota RAV4 Prime meet demand? Do you have any comments on the RAV4 Prime's driving performance? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's ever going to really meet demand. Um, it's considered a niche product uh, right now. Um, it's the, I think, third plug-in. Tell, tell everybody what a RAV4 Prime oh, yeah, is sorry. first. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. A RAV4 Prime is a hybrid um, uh, drivetrain RAV4, which is a small SUV with a plug-in capability. So it works like an um, electric car and a hybrid. So you can plug it in and you can go on all electric mode for about 30 miles, I think, roughly on the RAV4. And uh, when the battery, um, EV battery, um, wears down, it kicks into the normal hybrid operation. And if you're not familiar with that, it's pretty cool. It just uses a gas motor and electric motor and the computer determines uh, which one runs and you save a ton of gas. Um, in California, um, the plug-in vehicles are much more uh, popular and that's probably uh, uh, instigated by their emissions laws out in California. And Toyota's made a few plug-in vehicles. They did a plug-in Prius years ago. They only sold it in California or maybe a couple other places. And the, the sales volume was incredibly low, just, I mean, maybe a thousand nationwide. I don't know. Yeah, how there's so much talk about electric yeah. cars, 300 mile range. Here you got a 30 mile range, so you charge it overnight and you yeah. got 30 miles, yeah. which is okay yeah. well, if you're driving 20 closer, miles around. Close, close to a day. 600 mile range um, when you factor the whole thing in there, so yeah. you get a ton. My son drove a Prius Prime, same thing, but on a Prius, and just due to his his radius of traveling, um, well, when he was here in, in town, always plugged it in. Um, always used electric power because he had about a 20 mile uh, daily round trip so he was able to use all electric so essentially he had an electric car yeah. but if he wanted to drive further uh, he could get out of town and then the other stuff but um, 
it's probably never going to be a vehicle that you walk into a dealership and see it on the lot and pick it out. I mean, we're going to go to all electric vehicles before that happens. So it's a uh, intermediate step for Toyota, um, and I think Chevy Volt is also a plug-in uh, uh, hybrid as well. So these are don't get too. I mean, I don't get too excited about these uh, about these cars. It's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a placeholder until we go all electric. Yeah. Commenting on the drive, um, I have not driven the uh, Rav4 Prime myself. Um, I have driven the, the Prius Prime. Drives like a Prius. So yeah. Like a decent drive and, and great great gas mileage. Okay. And Michael Elliott is asking. Excuse should, me, Rick. Oh, we're going we go to go to caller. We're going to go to Marty. He's a regular caller from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning, Nancy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Welcome back. Uh, I just wanted to mention when you ask about would you buy a car online, I can only tell you my opinion. First of all, of all the cars I've bought in the past 50 years, I've never paid the first price that any dealership ever gave me. I probably never paid the second or third price. <laughs> uh -huh. So I would have a big problem buying a car online if you can't negotiate the price. So I don't know how you would do it online. It's a lot, it's a lot easier for a dealer to bring the closer in, sit down with the salesman, and then intend to walk out and in and out and all kinds of, you know, problems that you couldn't do online. Well, Marty, uh, if you, if I'm, I'm going to uh, politely disagree with you. I think that that online, and I'm not suggesting that you buy a car online if you don't feel comfortable. A lot of people just don't like dealing online, and I, that's understandable. But if you are uh, comfortable just operating online to be able to use a computer, uh, you can actually negotiate more and wider with more dealers than you uh, and save a whole lot of time uh, by when you're online and you have a dealer that will give you a legitimate online price and that's an out the door price and the out the door price is the car is a, a amount of money that you write a check for and hand it to the dealer and take the car home if you get if you t if you can talk to five different dealers or ten different dealers in a matter of an hour or two, I say talk, deal online, and you might get out-the-door prices maybe on half of those, but how long would it take you to get out-the-door prices if you walked into these dealerships physically and played the game with the negotiation, as you say, uh, car salesman says, I gotta see uh, what my manager will do back and forth. Uh, it would take you weeks, months, uh, to yeah. do the same thing. You're a great negotiator. You've called the show before, and uh, I can see where you'd like to deal face-to-face. Uh, -face. With you, it probably works a lot better. For a lot of people, they prefer the anonymity and the ability not to have to go through the game playing. But some people enjoy it, and I think you're one of them, Marty. You know, Marty, uh, yeah. al also uh, what I was going to say is that uh, uh, the dealer, uh, he understands that uh, this is his one and only chance uh, to sell you a car. So uh, they're going to give you the best out-the-door price, and uh, they're not going to let, let loose of you until, you know, they can sell you a car. So there's a whole lot more control whenever you're choosing, you know, to purchase a vehicle online. It's the same with financing. Uh, there's uh, so many advantages. Um, but unfortunately, there's a whole lot of people that aren't, you know, savvy 
in this uh, digital age and uh, that they, yeah. they, they feel somewhat compromised. So yeah, what, whatever's problem, comfortable for my you. Other problem, my other problem would be, for the most part, I'm doing a uh, trade-in. So now there's, I've never found a dealership that will say, okay, uh, we, they always tell me you got to come in so we can look at the car. You can, you can give them your model, you can give them your uh, XLE or whatever, and you tell them, I've got this, that, that, this. Several dealerships will give you a different price on a trade-in. Sure, would like yeah. to comment on that. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, we're, kinda, we're all getting ahead of ourselves because there are very few, very few dealers that are actually doing online sales um, right now. Carvana is one of them. And to answer your question about the, the, the trade, um, that's what they're doing. Um, um, and the dealers that are selling truly online and <coughs> not making them a commercial, our, our dealership's doing as well. You get it. You, you will get a trade value as long as it matches the uh, the description. And most of them have functions where you send pictures, and they just, they guide you, take a picture from each angle, and you send it in. So they get a really good idea what the trade's like, and they will give you a firm arf- offer um, on that trade, unless there is something grossly happens, like you wrecked it on the way to the dealership. Um, so. And it's the same thing. So if you were able to find three dealerships that were doing true online selling, you would accomplish the same thing you're doing with all that negotiating, doing it online. You only pull the trigger with the one who gives you the best out-the-door price. And, the, and yeah. if they're really doing true online selling, they're going to give you a figure and um, on the trade, and they'll honor it unless there is something drastically different when the vehicle is actually given to them. Yeah. Well, I can only tell you my experience, like I said. In my experience, I can go into a car dealer, the guy will tell me, well, we're going to give you $10,000 for your car. And you say, listen, I want ten five. The guy will say, look, this guy's leaving in two minutes if I don't give him $500 more. Yeah, they'll get it, they get it from you somehow. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So you're not, yeah. It's, it's, I, I understand that every car dealer makes a profit. But I can, t- I, I can only tell you, I get out from my experience, so far, that's how I feel better. Now, maybe on a straight lease, where it's strictly you're not, you're not dealing with a trade-in and it's a lease, I can see online very easily because it's either they, they give you the price, either you like it or you don't. Yeah. Well, Marty, you're a match for any car dealer. And uh, if there were more people like you, I don't think we'd have a show because you're, <laughs> you're, you're tough, you're smart, and uh, you actually enjoy the process. And I, 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 you know, if I were a car dealer and I wasn't in the business, uh, I would love to have you for a friend because I'd bring you with me anytime I bought a car. And I bet you have some friends that ask you to do that. But, you know, there's no there co- has been. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, uh, you're very well informed and, and you're tough. And part of it's, it's a mental toughness. You, it's hard for the average person to go in with a professional car salesman who is trained and had been doing this for years. He's trained how to do it. And you have to go face to face with them. Most people don't have a chance, uh, but a good, tough guy like you uh, that does his homework, you go in there and, and you win the uh, you win the battle. So, uh, unfortunately, there's only about two percent of the population that can do what you do. And most of them are attorneys, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just wanted to tell you that was my when Nancy brought that up. Yeah. I thought that's a very good question, and I guess for me, it. I have nothing to do, so I can go to car dealers and spend mm-hmm. my time. But Why should you? You're having, a, you're having a ball. And being online no. would take all the fun out of it for you. <laughs> <laughs> all 
right, well, thanks a lot. Thank you, Marty. Oh, you're welcome, you Marty. It was great okay. hearing from you. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we can't go another minute without mentioning Earl's Vigilantes. Yes. I forgot Earl. my hat this morning. <laughs> we were a little rushed. You're, you're <laughs> lucky you have your shirt on. <laughs> uh, but uh, at any rate, uh, yes, Earl's Vigilantes, and you can sign up and, uh, you know, give us a helping hand and uh, maybe a few people in your community. You don't have to be an expert, uh, that's for sure, uh, but it would be a big help for you to join us, uh, join the team at earlsvigilantes.com. And uh, you, you can go to Earl on Cars to get, you know, any information you need in regards to signing up. And we have, uh, we have free hats, free shirts, and... Uh, no, no shirts yet, I don't think. We got a lot of hats, though. Oh, we don't have the shirt? Okay. No. Well, uh, I'll give them one of mine. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, on with the show, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You know, back to Marty, um, I really, you know, I find it very interesting and very encouraging. A lot of positive things whenever you can just go online and you can have complete control and you can remain anonymous. That's what I like of it. It really protects you. Not not to beat that whole concept to death, but... I talked to Stu the other day about something. A friend of mine, a guy, he's not mine. He's not as old as I am, but he's he's getting up there in years. A lot of people don't feel comfortable online. And uh, long story short, he recently bought a uh, used truck. Uh, he called it online, completely online. Turned out he bought it on the telephone. And remember, you don't have to use a computer to deal uh, hands-free away from the dealership without the hassle. You can call a dealer and you can talk to their internet department and you can do it that way, and you can get uh, prices, and you can get your whole point across. You don't have to tell them who you are, where you are, and you can say, listen, I want an outdoor price, and you can do the same thing with your financing. This friend of mine bought a car in uh, somewhere, I mean, out of state, a truck it was, out of state, and he went through the whole process, paid for it, uh, uh, got all the, all the guarantees. I, I'm sure there was email involved to some extent, but it, it was... Uh, uh, not having to go in the dealership and play the game experience, and he was very happy. So you can do it either way. We recommend that you do, that you not go in the dealership and play the game with the dealer if you can avoid doing that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think that Stu is ready. Yeah, to absolutely. We actually we have a uh, two related uh, messages. One's a text um, from Dax in California, and then we have an anonymous feedback submission. And they're on the same topic, or at least part of it is, so this is really interesting. So I'll start with Dax's text, and Dax is texting us from California. He says, hello, good morning, everyone. What is your take on when a salesman takes the driver's license for a test drive? Do salespeople run a credit based on the information on the driver's license? Is this true? And there's a second part for Rick. And then I'm going to jump over to the other question from Anonymous Feedback, and it says, is it true that car dealers can run your credit using your license plate? not driver's license, without your permission? And the answer is yes. Mm. And it's called a soft credit pull. And um, the first Dax's question had to do uh, with the driver's license. Now, I, to me, it's 
that's uh, evil genius because I never, I'd, I don't know of any car dealers that are actually doing this, but there's no reason why they can't. I do know about using a license plate, um, and what it does is it, what it does, it pings the license plate, gets the VIN, finds the public information associated with you, and does a credit check. Um, Carvana it, does that. Right, and it does not hurt your credit, um, but when you think about it, it does feel a little creepy and a little intrusive. Yeah. Um, it doesn't impact your credit because it's not you making the inquiry. Um, the reason when you make a credit inquiry, that's called a hard inquiry, when you're applying for credit for a credit card or a car loan, um, it's signaling your intent to borrow money. And when you start signaling that intent, that gets the creditor's attention because it's possible to take on too much debt. So um, not getting too much in the weeds, but uh, I would not be surprised if this does not become a bigger trend. Um, Especially, uh, like I, I like the idea of a license uh, number. We're talking about appraising. That's the way Carvana mm -hmm. will appraise your car. You give them your license number, which is a lot easier to get than your VIN because they're hard to find and read when you find them, yeah. and, and they're too long and there's too much room for yeah. error. Get your license plate number, and then you give them the condition of the car. But they know a lot about your car just from the license yeah. plate number and the VIN. They don't even have to type it in. The reason I know about it is because there's a system. Uh, a bunch of dealers use it, and uh, basically it's a oct oct an oct optical scanner. It reads your license plate from a camera in the service drive. So when you pull in, now they use that, that for all sorts of information. It gets it finds out who you are based on your license plate. It can start the repair order, you know, s service process. Um, but it also can do that soft credit pull, alert a salesperson who comes out and tries to sell you a car while your car is in the service. And what, so what information is on the soft credit pull from the VIN? I am I surprised. I never really thought about it, um, but I, I Googled it here after I saw this text. Um, when you use a service like Credit Karma and you run your own credit, that's a soft credit pull. So um, you're allowed to check your credit without hurting your credit score. So I use Credit Karma and I get an alert every single time my credit score goes up or down and it's running soft credit pulls all the time. Yeah, but and it's not giving you no, information. It, well, here's, it, it does. So uh, when you look on Credit Karma, it has all of my uh, credit card counts listed, my balances, my credit card utilization, uh, my mortgage is on there. How can that come from your license plate or VIN number? Um, it ma it's a soft credit pull that doesn't require, require a social security number. Also, oh, so if someone goes in and does a soft well, it's all Well, it's all automated. So okay. what happens okay. is the camera reads your license plate, it uh, finds the VIN and the DMV, oh. pings it, matches it up. On, it's all instant online. Well, I no wonder that, but I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. So they, they might have, they have your credit cards. Wow, that's interesting. Well, all, everything that's listed on your credit report. Now, I don't, I'll, now, as a caveat, I don't know if the, the salesperson sees that information or if it gives them a summary. Um, you know, good, bad, great, you know, uh, on a, a credit yeah. rating. Um, a soft credit poll will not suffice for a hard credit poll when you buy the car. So, so when you everybody buy the car, is driving around with their license plate sticking out in the back of their car, yes. and they are exposing personal information. Uh, guy, guy, you look at the license plate, you know he's got a Visa card and an American Express. Like I said, caveat, I don't know it's visible to the, to the salesperson or the dealer, mm -hmm. whether that's... Visible to somebody. Well, it's visible to Experian or Equifax or TransUnion yeah. who sees it, and they, they might send a... Um, a summary that says you have excellent credit and then the salesperson knows I should be able to give him this rate. Okay. Um, but when you tighten well, it up and you do the well actual Well, you privacy folks out there listening to the show, that's shocking to me. Mm -hmm. I, I think there ought to be an investigation of some kind. 
I could see that then. It's also. not. All, it hasn't been forever. I mean, it's yeah. a somewhat recent thing. Yeah. When I first learned about the license plate scanner for the service yeah. drive, yeah. I was pretty shocked myself. It, I, 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 it, it really does that, and it really, it really does that. That's amazing. Okay. But okay. we have. Uh, oh, we have a caller. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, but before we go to our female caller, uh, I have another question for the audience, and uh, that it's for uh, it's for everyone. Uh, but uh, I'd like to uh, state that uh, I, I'm sure that all the ladies know that uh, you know we buy uh, nearly half the cars uh, at the uh, when we go out shopping, and uh, I'd like to ask you. Uh, ladies, what do you concentrate on, uh, and do you take someone with you? Uh, are you concentrating on safety, um, uh, dependability? Uh, give us a call toll-free. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinion, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. There's so many ways to get in touch with us, and if you want to remain anonymous, you can do so by going to www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now, we are going to go to Lorraine, who's calling us from Hope Sound. Welcome back, Lorraine. Hi, how, are, how is everybody? We're well, thank you. Great hearing from you. Great talking to you, thank you. Um, I have a, this is a thank you call uh, in one way, and then tell you what I, what, what I found out for myself. Um, because of your show and me listening to it as long as I have, and the information and the kindness and the caring, um, I have learned a lot, and a lot of my learning has been to do research on things that <clears throat> that go wrong with my car. And here's my story. I um, had a... Um, are, are you hearing me okay? Yes, loud yeah. and clear. Loud and clear. Okay. Okay, thank you. I had a uh, little man go on on my um, Elantra, my 2013 Elantra. Um, it was a red airbag, <clears throat> and I didn't know what it meant. And so I went to our good friend, Advanced Auto in Hope Sound, where I live, and he came out and looked at it and said that um, it could be a number of things, but his uh, recommendation would be to um, go to a garage and let them check it out. So I went to another... Um, hometown place that I take my car to for alignments and things and great people um, his name is Brooks and he came out put it on the scanner I think you call it the scanner and came back in and said that it was the uh, clock spring um, the clock spring told me all about what it did um, amazing information so I went home and I said I asked him for a price he gave me a price which was to get it fixed. It was told me the labor was a little over two hours. That the part was, I think he said 169, but the total would have been $394, almost $400. I said, I don't really have that right now. Can I still drive the car? And he said, yes. He said, but he said, it isn't something that you can ignore. It would have to be fixed uh, eventually um, because I know then they didn't pressure me. So I went home. I did some research, and because of my learning on your program, um, I put in the, about the clock spring, the Elantra a site came up and said that there was a 15-year extended warranty Ooh. on the driver's side airbag clock spring. Wow. You have to put in, put in your uh, VIN number, which I went out to the car and got, and come to find out that it's completely covered. 
So my appointment is uh, at um, Hyundai on, <clears throat> excuse me, April 19th at 9.30, and I attributed my savings of 494.86 or whatever it was, excuse me, what it was to your program and your, and your wonderful information. And so I send you thanks and blessings to all of you for just keep doing what you're doing for us ladies out here that uh, really, really need you. Oh, Lorraine, what a great story. Congratulations. Knowledge Thank is you. power, as I always say, and there are a lot of people listening to you right now, and I, I thank you for the phone call. Would you like to add and anything to that, Earl? No, I just think it's uh, uh, marvelous, uh, it, very rewarding to have people listen and uh, follow through on some of our advice, and I think that the, the, the Internet, to me, you know, it just amazes me, the information available. I have to be reminded myself, but every problem that you have in your life <laughs> your, with your car or anything else you can pretty much google it and go online and somebody's already had the problem and solved it and it's just magical so you, you have a problem with your car i'm going to put rick out of business uh, right now and say if you have a problem with your car if you can articulate that problem the way lorraine did and go online you'll find a chat room you'll find a club of uh, uh toyota nissan honda owners you'll find something I have customers call me, as I say, I'm a car dealer too now, and they will call me and bring things to my attention about my product, Toyotas, that I didn't know that customers had experienced in other parts of the country maybe, but uh, the, the internet is a wealth of information and you have, you found the, uh, the holy grail to uh, uh, solving problems with your car, Lorraine. Thank you so much for sharing it with everybody. And, and Lorraine, I have, to, I have to tell you this, um, you know, it's amazing the amount of time that women uh, spend in researching. Uh, they spend a whole lot more time than men whenever they're purchasing a car or whether they're having service done. And uh, I thank you for bringing that to our attention. Just sort of confirming uh, what we say every week. Absolutely. Well, you're wonderful to listen to, and I pass it on. And this will be another story for my coffee church class that we go to. And um, I've, I've had a lot of feedback from my people there uh, saying how much that they've learned from me, from you. Oh, so, wonderful. Um, start, you're going to start your own show, Lorraine. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> well, happy spring, and God blessings on Easter, and everybody stay safe during this, and it looks like we're seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, yes, yes we are. Well, you'll become a real her hero if you spread the word about the $50 for the first two new lady callers. Thank you so much, Lorraine. God bless you. You're welcome. Yeah, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we're going to go back to Stu with uh, some texts yeah we're going back to the second part Dax had um, sent a question he was asking about these soft credit polls and we talked about that um, but he has a second question for Rick he says hi Rick uh, what's the process on servicing brakes on these vehicles with electronic handbrakes is there a special tool involved when pushing in the pistons? I try to watch your show, but always miss it. Keep up the good work. More info on the better. And that's from Dax in California. Actually, there are uh, several changes that have been made now that the, uh, what he's talking about is the electric parking brake on cars now. Um, 
It's actually a small electric motor that's mounted onto the brake caliper on the rear wheels. And when you put the car in park, it will activate and it actually locks those rear brakes. So not only is the transmission being in park gonna hold the car still, but the rear brakes are actually locked up as well. And in order to service them, one of the ways that, uh, that I know Toyota now has is we can use a scan tool and actually tell the brakes to unlock those wheels and another way is there's certain cars you can basically work the switch in a certain manner and it will turn off that electric parking brake so you can actually then disassemble and the piston will actually be retracted by the electric is, motor is that the old emergency brake yeah basically it is but it's not the old one anymore yeah. it's all updated and brand new okay so so when you uh, push the park button or you put the park wherever then your emergency brake is automatically engaged. Absolutely. I never knew that. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. I just learned my thing for the day. Well, you know, it was this button that I stared at for like <laughs> a couple of years, and finally I asked Rick what it did. He told me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, yeah, we have, yeah, so we have some. T oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, we got a couple of YouTubes. Uh, uh, let's see. Let me get to the first one here. Uh, Michael Elliott says, should the tax, license, and registration be a part of the out-the-door price? Oh, boy. Uh, you hear people say all the time, that's a good question. That really is a good question. And, and the, I, I apologize for even my ambiguity on this. I feel that certainly, literally, it should be part of the out-the-door price. Uh, any fudge wiggle room you give a dealer, he'll use it against you. So, as a purist, I would insist on a out-the-door price including sales tax and license plate. One of the reasons that they fudge you on that is they say, well, we can't give you the exact figures because we need to know your date of birth. And uh, we need to know whether you're, you're trading in a car or whether you're buying a car outright. Well, that's true. But you can give them that information and then they can give you an exact number. So. Uh, our mystery shopping uh, target this afternoon uh, gave us, uh, uh, I'm not giving away to anything, they gave us a high figure on tax and tag because they didn't know the when they posted it online and they don't know who's going to buy the car. If you post a, a price online, uh, you don't know whether, whether the date of birth and you don't know uh, whether it's a trade-in or not. But uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would go for the out the door price, including tax and tag. That way, it removes everything. And that's the reason I say an out the door price is what you can write a check out for, hand it to the salesman, get in the car, and go home. Hmm. And Rico is saying, hoping you all have a little more spring in your step this morning. <laughs> uh, does recharging electric vehicle batteries when only partially drained form a memory on the battery? perhaps not allowing it to fully recharge. Now I know with hybrid cars, this is not the case because that battery is always being charged and discharged continuously while you're driving the car. But with electric vehicles, of course, you're charging the battery up at one point and then running it to discharge. Now it does get some recharging back from the regenerative braking, but not enough to actually cause it to make a big difference in the amount of power in that battery. However, the manufacturers have made them to where they do not get a memory. That's uh, mainly because most of them are a lithium-ion battery, 
And unlike the old nickel metal hydride rechargeable batteries, these do not form a memory. So the so answer is no. The answer is a no. Oh. And the last one I have right here is Ernesto Ortega saying, is it true on an all-wheel drive, if a tire needs to be replaced, you need to replace all four because of the all-wheel drive? And is this true for a four-wheel drive as well? And actually, I'll go back to my earlier comment with our caller. We had uh, Yvonne, I believe. Uh, no, if you have one tire replaced, you should have two done as a pair. But because it's all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, you still can only do it just as a pair of two tires or and if you need all four. Mileage. If you have a, a set of tires with 2,000 miles on them, you don't need to replace both tires. Right. Now, you can still do completely safely replace just one tire. Yeah. However, you should make sure to match the tire, sure. the brand and the model of tire identical on the same axle. Sure. You don't want to run two different brands of tires because again, that creates a difference in the rolling resistance and it can create a pull. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, we do have a caller, uh, a regular caller um, from Minnesota and uh, it's Bob. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? We're great. Welcome back. A question in regards to online buying. When you talk to a dealership, is there such a thing as an internet department, or are you talking to a salesperson? Yes. They are commissioned, usually, salespeople, just like on the floor, and more and more the salespeople are the same. They, they do internet sales and they do floor sales. Some dealerships have a special department and they do only internet sales. I recommend that you always ask for the internet department uh, because there's still old, old school dealerships out there that will quote you a thousand or two thousand dollars higher uh, than the person in the internet department. Yeah, because when I went to a, a dealership, they had a person who supposedly was the internet department but then I, I yeah I asked him again he said well anybody can handle that for you no we're not just one person here depends That's on the really uh, dealership me. and uh, you have to be careful because the old-school dealerships will try to charge a higher price there are fewer and fewer of those but they're still they still exist Rick had, or Stu had a point yes uh, it's a that's another example of um, playing fast and loose with titles such as managers and trying to give a, a like Rolex used the word puffery so in the internet department it's their inter environments are comprised of salespeople and, and they, they, they they have a different task so they'll they'll they're asked to like answer these um, submissions for internet leads you know requests for quotes um, but they are just salespeople and um, uh, but they'll call themselves managers it's kind of like in the service department everybody is called a manager there um, it's to give the or advisors or advisors. It, it will the, the 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 part of the manager is to give the customer the feeling that they're dealing with somebody important, somebody who's authorized to make decisions that the regular salespeople are not allowed to do. Um, but like Earl said, um, if they're putting their best foot forward, um, when you're getting a price through the internet department, it will be considerably less than the traditional uh, floor salesperson. The other question I had: You're one one price dealership. Is that correct? Yes. You also have a Costco program, is that correct? Yes. Which, you got two different prices there then, 
one place and Costco are two different places. That's correct. How do you deal with that? It's called cognitive dissonance, and uh, it, we hate it. Um, it's uh, so it saying we're a two price dealership doesn't make any good marketing sense. <laughs> but a, a small minority of our customers uh, are Costco members. Um, Costco's agreement requires us to offer the lowest price uh, that we'd offer to anybody to their members, and um, it is enough of a volume and significant enough of program uh, that we do participate. And so uh, it is a uh, kind of like an educated customer uh, sort of thing. If you're a Costco member, you're going to get a better deal at pretty much any dealership that you buy a car from, um, including um, Earl's dealership. And one last question. The Toyota Corolla, I'm seeming, I seem to find a hard hard time finding that car around this this city is there a shortage of that car or is it just i'm not sure what what causes that no uh, uh we're not experiencing any shortages with with corollas um right now um it's the trend has been away right now the, the number one selling car that we're selling is a rav4 it's a small suv and um that's outpaced the camry which was the you know our, our bread and butter car um in our area up here in northern palm beach county the Corolla sales are lower than the rest of South Florida. Um, and when you get down to Miami, it's a much bigger selling car. Um, but Bob's in Minnesota. Oh, you're, oh sorry. <laughs> sorry, Bob. I thought you were my neighbor. Um, then to answer your question, I have no idea why you're not seeing very many uh, Corollas in uh, Minnesota other than I don't. they're not offered in an all-wheel drive. Uh, maybe they're not the best for winter driving. I, uh, I don't know. You got any thoughts, Dad? Yeah. No, I think it's probably just uh, an anomaly. Uh, Go online, Bob, and go to uh, autotrader.com, and they list all new and used cars. Everybody's got everywhere. Put the Corolla in that you described that you would like uh, to consider, and uh, you will find a whole bunch of Corollas, even in Minnesota. Might, maybe not in your immediate market, but it'll be pretty close. There are a lot of Corollas out there. Yeah, because I can't really. I'm trying to find it. My, my son is looking for a Corolla. Uh, he can't find a, a car to drive around here. That's that's the problem. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, drive. Uh, yeah, I would uh, you could go to autotrader.com, and uh, you'll get a zip yeah. code of the location of the vehicles of your choice. And uh, I, I'd be interested to uh, give that a try. Then we call us back next week. I'd be amazed if there was a scarcity of Corollas in Minnesota, because it's a very uh, high production, uh, popular, high volume car. Okay, very good. I appreciate your answers, and uh, I always watch your show. It's very interesting. Well, thank oh, you, Bob. So appreciate much, it. Bob. Spread we the word. Really appreciate it. It's really cool in Minnesota, I bet. <laughs> Chilly yes, out there? It is. It's nice. <laughs> 50 degrees today, so it's nice. Oh, oh that's, that's, that's a heat wave. <laughs> our snow is finally gone. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bob. Have a great weekend. Okay, let's move along here. Huh? Okay, got a text? Here's a text. It says, I have a Toyota, and I understand that the factory required maintenance involves service visits every 5,000 miles or six months. My problem is that I put very, very few miles on my car. I have 2,000 miles on a 2017. It is very low. I have been repeatedly warned by my Toyota dealer that by refusing to do the rotations um, would result in the voiding of my warranty. I did not want to accept this, so I called your dealership and spoke with your son, Josh. <laughs> Finally, I got some information that made sense and gave me the reassurance I needed. He told me he could not imagine a scenario in which Toyota would deny a future warranty claim 
because I rotated my tires once per year instead of twice per year, especially considering my extreme low miles. Finally, I found a human being with common sense to help me out. Oh, that's very nice to say about my brother. He is a human being, yeah. and he has common sense. And he's, what he told you is absolutely right. I mean, he's a lot nicer than you. He's nicer than me, but he's not as smart. And um, <laughs> but um, but but he's 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 correct here. Look at that's a common thing I hear all the time. They say if you don't do this, it's going to void your warranty. Let me. Well, here's the deal. If your air conditioning went out under the three-year warranty and they said, ah, oh, you missed the tire rotation last year, they are not going to deny that claim. It's completely unrelated. On the other hand, if you went 20,000 miles and never changed your oil and something happened to the engine, yeah, you yeah, might have a problem. Let me, <laughs> well, let me, uh, let me address uh, the question directly. The dealers today are desperate for service business. The manufacturers are building all the cars, not just Toyotas, all the cars, quality's high, maintenance and repairs are very low, a lot of free maintenance programs out there. Car dealers who used to hang their head on the profits they made in the service department are struggling. And uh, they have to sell service because the competitiveness of the new car business is so vicious that a lot of dealers don't make much money selling new cars. Um, some do, but uh, uh, the average uh, profit base is in parts and service. So the, the evolution of this amazing high-quality vehicles, they're going to do anything they can to get you in. And one of them is to say, look, if you avoid, you, if, if you don't obey the warranty and the recommendations in the owner's manual, you can void your warranty. You know, you you could put a person on the stand there, and he can make that statement. It's not perjury. Technically, the manufacturer can uh, refuse to warranty something, uh, uh, fix something on a warranty if you didn't do the requirements. It's about like winning the lotto or losing. You can't, they don't do it. I, we've been to Toyota dealership for 47 years. I've never known uh, the manufacturer to refuse a warranty repair because of lack of maintenance. Now, that's a slight exaggeration. Uh, but uh, once in a thousand times, and it's when you, when you uh, do not do a, re a maintenance that directly cause the failure right. in the warranty. But the, the the tire rotation's got absolutely nothing to do uh, right. with, with anything, have, except the tires. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with very much at all. So um, <coughs> you still got to rotate your tires, but th uh, this gentleman is putting, or, or lady didn't identify, has uh, 2,000 miles on a four-year-old car. And you also don't have to take it to the dealer. Yeah. You can take it anywhere you want. Right. Take it to your favorite mechanic, get your receipts, and save them. Right. And then you are totally protected. Right. But you don't have to go to the car right. dealer for any maintenance. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is um, there's a nice aspect of it. Your car gets inspected for any you know any um, you know developing problems, but Mr. this gentleman <laughs> is putting two thousand miles on every four years. Yeah. I don't think there's much going on. Now I would advise him that if this continues, at some point he's going to be dealing with possible dry rot issues on those tires. Yeah. Eventually those tires will expire, um, but um, right now he's fine. So yeah, it's a good idea to have your tires checked. I mean, have somebody else check them. Check them yourself. Yeah. Uh, tires are important or safety issue. And you, you don't want to go a year without having anybody look at your tires. Yeah. Look at the inflation level, check it for cracks. But, but he's going in once a year, so he's, yeah. he, he's perfectly fine. Yeah. So that's good. Um, let's see here. Um, Stu, last week at the end of the show, you mentioned an article that listed the best cars for dogs. Can you read that list this morning? And that's from Dan G. and PBG. Okay, Dan G. PBG. I think I have the link here. <laughs> Hold on. Um, you, you don't mean dogs to buy those cars. You mean to ride in the car. No, the dogs to buy the cars. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. 
Uh, this is the tw 12 best cars in 2021 for dogs. Number one is, well, these are not ranked in order. They're just all 12. Uh, Super 2021 Subaru Outback. And I'm not going to read all the reasons, but in the article, um, it goes on why it is. A big cargo space, easy to get in and out for dogs to jump, so that sort of thing. So we have the 2021 Subaru Outback. We have the 21 Chrysler Pacifica. This is a big van-like SUV. We have the 2021 Volvo V60, another mid-sized SUV. You have the 2021 Kia Telluride, which I was riding behind on the way to the studio this morning, and I was admiring what a nice-looking car it is. <laughs> um, the 21 Toyota Sienna is on the list. The 21, Earl's going to hate this one, the 21 Jeep Wrangler. Oh but I'm looking at the picture they have here. If I was a dog, I would love to jump in that thing and ride around. I guess dogs don't like luxury cars. No, well, that, dogs, don't like door, dogs don't like doors and windows. Oh. <laughs> okay, the 2020 Honda Fit. It's a little car. Uh, the 2021 Kia Soul, little tiny SUV. The 21, oh, this is cool, the 21 Tesla Model 3. Because hmm. dogs like quiet electric rides. No Bentleys, Rolls Royces. Not yet. Uh, 21 Subaru Crosstech. 21 Honda Odyssey. 21 Toyota 4Runner. And that's what winds them all out. So there you go. Dog cars. And no, BM, no BMW on the list. Oh. Yeah, you, you don't need to go fancy for the dogs. Dogs, they, they don't ask for much. They just want to be loved. That's right. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, what is the current status of the semiconductor shortage? And how does it continue to impact vehicle inventory levels and availability? Um, it's still a huge impact. I, I read, I think it was some GM plants are shutting down Lansing this month. Um, millions of vehicles are not being produced that, sh that would have been produced normally. And uh, I don't know, you're, you're, you read more about this than I do. I don't know what, when the end is in sight, uh, but it's affecting uh, Ford and General Motors profoundly. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a, a pandemic phenomenon because of the huge demand on the type of goods that require microchips, not just cars. And the other uh, products are are competing for the chips and uh, with the car manufacturers. So it's a real problem. Mm, that's right. Okay, uh, this is perfect. We got some anonymous feedback, and we should wrap this up in time for the mystery shopping report. Um, okay, it's not. There we go. Uh, China has banned Tesla for members of its military or other government employees because of all the sensors and cameras. They're worried it will spy on them. Hmm. <laughs> it might. I don't know. I mean, who knows what that car is doing? It's like well, Alexa. Well, somebody know? asked Elon's an honest guy. Somebody asked Elon if he's spying on the Chinese. I, I seriously doubt he's spying on the Chinese. Well, I mean, you know, well, yeah. I think he's spying for he, the Chinese. I think he has a credibility. <laughs> he, you know, they, even though he's a little crazy. But he's he's smart, and and if he told the Chinese that that he promises he's not spying, yeah, then maybe it would uh, re. Well, I mean, the proof is that they're actually doing it. So if they actually banned it, um, I thought when I first read about that that they were responding to some of the fears um, that Americans have over Chinese and, and their uh, their electronics. Um, you know, are they using their electronics because it's so ubiquitous? Everything has Chinese components in it. Yeah. Um, is there a secret Trojan horse spying where in there? Let me tell you. Probably so, not. Let me tell you. I, we just learned on the show. I just learned on the show uh, earlier that you could get somebody's VIN number and run a credit report 
uh, with a VIN number, I mean with a uh, license plate license number. Plate. So every time I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive home and everybody can see my credit report, it's on the back of my car. Well, so, not everybody can. Well, yeah, I yeah. Know. well listen, <laughs> if, if Carvana can, then everybody can. And we're, we're going to do it because we're going to find out how to do it. So well, we, you we, wanna, well we you do do it, but we don't do it without permission. Uh, we have a soft pull function. So if someone goes on our website and they want to find out what their credit's like, it's not a hard pull. They go in there, they can do it, yeah. and it gives an idea of a rate. Um, but it, we only do it with the customer's permission. We don't do any. Uh, but the customer doesn't know you do it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm saying that's. Yeah. yeah, we do a soft pull, but we. So don't if I have a friend at a car dealership, I can see a, a license plate on the on I-95. Now I hate this guy, and I need to get some information on him. I write down his license plate number. I call my friend Charlie in Napleton uh, Hyundai and say, uh, "Run the run the license plate. I want a credit report on this guy." And now I've invaded his privacy. Unless and he never knows it happened. Un unless, because we don't want to cause a panic here, um, because uh, I, I like did. Panic. Well, I, but I did <laughs> say before. I, I said I don't believe, and I'm, well, I'm not sure. The, within the dealership of any personnel has access to see the details of that report. Oh, okay. Well, then, I mean, you mean that depends on the management of the dealership? No, no, no. It depends on the company that's providing the soft polls, and those are the credit bureaus. So the credit bureaus are still bound by their privacy law, so I don't know what is... I honestly don't know. Next week, we'll have to come back and explain to the listeners yeah. what is visible um, to a business that is utilizing that function. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, but... Um, we're, talk, we're, we're blaming the... Uh, Tesla and the Chinese for privacy. My point being that yes. privacy is a thing of the past, folks. Yeah. Just give it up. Uh, we don't have privacy anymore. I will never uh, give it up. Well, you, but you're, but I know everything about you. You and do. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, there's nothing, nothing there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everything. All right, more anonymous <laughs> feedback. Earl's causing uh, a panic <laughs> in the. In the a ruckus. All right, um, every day. It feels like we are accelerating to a very different future, <laughs> as, as, as this conversation has, uh, has demonstrated, uh, especially concerning the car industry. BMW just announced that their mini brand will be all electric by 2030. That long? I figured it'd be all electric by 2025. Uh, all electric by 2030, the times, they are changing. Yeah, that's true. That's become a theme of the show. That we didn't start out that way. Yeah. We, we started off with evil car dealer ads now we're talking about uh yeah. self-driving cars we got a youtube over here Alrighty. this one uh it's a little long i'm gonna read it quick as i can donovan lewis uh long story that i'm gonna try to make short i've been looking to buy a tesla model 3 for a few weeks and really struggled to get a dealer to work with me on the price uh, apparently he was, he was looking for a used uh a pre-owned tesla oh, it, it is used that that's what he was looking for was oh, a yeah. pre-owned Tesla. Yeah, because one price Tesla's one price. Yeah, new cars. Yeah. He says it seems most dealers and the people at the dealers have no clue about a Tesla and how Tesla prices their cars, and that a Model Three has basically no options other than color and how long the range is. A standard Model Three from Tesla is thirty-seven thousand five hundred, yet every dealer who has a used one in our area is charging more for a used car than a new one, sometimes $4,000 over what a new one costs. I found one at Edmore's Cadillac in Del Rey and they were way overpriced. I tried twice going in to get the car at a lower price. It didn't work and they didn't understand how the car was overpriced. Yesterday, the used car manager who was on vacation reached out to me and he clearly understood or knew about the price of a Tesla 
and corrected the situation for me right away. We got to a fair price for a used car, and I went over and purchased the car. In the end, they did the right thing, and the experience was great, so I have to give a shout-out to Ed Morse Cadillac in Delray. But anyone looking for a used Tesla, do not pay more than what a new one costs from Tesla. Well, the, uh, yeah, I'll jump in there. Uh, this happens, it's called supply and demand. It happens all the time. But, uh, you know, used cars can't sell more than for the same new car. It doesn't happen often, but for a high-demand, low-supply vehicle, Tesla is an unusual vehicle. Uh, Auto Trader is your best friend. Uh, you, 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 you need to shop around more than you did otherwise. And, uh, but he didn't make a mistake, I don't think. He, he, he tried to sell the car for that. You objected to it, and then he lowered the price. That's what happened. Yep. You could price the car out. How many people know what a used uh, Tesla costs? You don't know. You have to find out. That's the reason you go to Auto Trader, and you get that exact model in there, and you find out everyone for sale in the United States and you'll see what the prices are, then you have some basis for comparison. And he finishes up by saying, and you actually can get one direct from Tesla in a day. They have inventory in Orlando and Miami waiting for purchase. Wow, amazing. That's, uh, that's the way it should be. That's the wave of the future. That's the way cars will be sold. You won't have dealerships with these giant uh, brick-and-mortar uh, Taj Mahals with uh, 1,000 cars in inventory. You'll have uh, satellite locations. Yeah, and you order your car online, it'll be your lowest price, and it'll deliver the next day. Tesla's ahead of the ballgame. Well, I'm, I'm actually means. figuring that by the time I've worn out my Tacoma pickup, I'll, my next vehicle will probably be an electric car. Yeah, probably. I hope so, anyways. Okay. That's me. Hey, Earl, are you familiar with the emerging... Are you familiar with the emerging automobile-based fitness trend in which people exercise in their cars while commuting or going to the supermarket? Some exercises involve using wind resistance to strengthen your arms and gluteal contractions to strengthen buttocks and lower back muscles. One question, is this safe? I'd be, I watch the buttocks exercise myself. Because <laughs> it would probably cause you to bounce up and down in the car, and depending on the size of your buttocks. Actually, I, I had an instant picture in my head of Fred Flintstone with his feet on the ground <laughs> pedaling his car along. <laughs> That is dangerous. I, I, mean, think, I don't think you should exercise in your car. No. And, and the other thing is, if you're using wind resistance to exercise your arm, you're going to have an. Oh, if you're driving the car, you're going to have an overdeveloped left arm because you're, one's on the wheel and the other one you're good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and the old Burma shave uh, commercial: <laughs> don't stick your arm out too far. It might go home in another car. Oh, I get I get all the exercise <laughs> I, I need when Nancy and I are, are on the Sawgrass Expressway, and I'm terrified that my hands are frozen in fear to the wheel. And I'm in the uh, right-hand lane, and people are passing me at 110. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's... Uh, that I was on the way to the studio this morning? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that too, yeah. There's one great exercise that you can do in the car whenever you're driving, and uh, that's your abs. And it your really what? Your abdominals. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's a isometric type of an exercise, and it's really neat. It, yeah. uh, and it also helps your muscles in your back. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, anonymous feedback. When using the Costco customer pricing on a new vehicle, is it possible to get different prices if you try three different dealerships from Costco on the same vehicle? Yes. Great question. Yes, you can, but it's you're kind of spread out because they each Costco dealer is is assigned to a, a warehouse, so you would have to go to the. Uh, another Costco warehouse, so you might get spread out. You can you call can. Costco and you can explain the yes. situation. And uh, I, I recommend 
uh, your Costco member, uh, they will give you a zip code of your nearest dealer. Call them and get the 800 number and say, listen, uh, I need the Costco dealer in this zip code. And if they ask you why, you can tell them because I work there. Or like I you tell them or whatever you want to tell them. I'm moving there. I don't care. But uh, you can get three Costco yes. dealers, and you should. You should always. Uh, in South Florida, uh, there's probably uh, uh, you know at least three Costco dealers for every make car sold in somewhere in South Florida. And you should get those three numbers because Costco requires you have the lowest number you sell to anybody. That may or may not be true for the dealer. They may or may not be being true to the program, but you should get three. Always yeah. get three prices. Yeah. All I was saying was that because it is uh, centered, uh, the each Costco is associated with the dealer. Like, for example, us, we have every Costco in, in northern, central to northern Palm Beach County. But that's unusual. Yeah, so it is unusual, but you can do that. And you should do that, by the way. Um, that's Because Costco doesn't necessarily guarantee that the dealer is going to um, play by the rules, and Costco... Well, they do guarantee that they'll play by rules. It doesn't mean the dealer will listen to them. Yeah. And also the pricing varies by dealer. So they, right. they make their own pricing. All right. Uh, last anonymous feedback. Um, hey, Earl, how come you can't change the sound of your car car's horn like you can your phone's ringtone? We could have special holly sounds like jingle bells and such. Well, I think something to do with, uh, with safety, uh, NHTSA. I would think that a, a regulated, uh, reasonable, I'm not sure what the language is of a horn would be probably a safe I mean let's face it if you had any uh, it was a wild wild west on horns you could scare the hell out of somebody and they wreck their car right or do that by the way I think the serious answer to that is um it has to be recognizable that a vehicle is warning you so if you had a horn that sounded like an elephant that might startle you but you might not think somebody's about to smash into you so Mm -hmm. I think we should all settle on what an acceptable sound of a horn is and stick to that yeah, elephant sound would be terrifying. It would be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me just double check if we don't have any other texts. And uh, well, we just have some nice well wishes, nothing, no questions. Yeah. yeah. And we're all finished. We're all caught up. Yeah, let me do this uh, because I've been carrying this card around in my uh, briefcase for a long time. This is one of these typical BS uh, wordy solicitations. And I, I get them, I get two or three a week. I mean, it's unbelievable. And uh, they come in envelopes, they come in postcards, motor service, motor vehicle service notification. And, you know, it's a bright pink, it looks official, and it's just one of these BS things that you get <coughs> online. You get them probably texted, too, and a lot of emails and in the mail, and they're worthless. They are usually powertrain warnings. We talked about that earlier in the show. They don't cost anything. And then they charge you a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, huge ripoff. Uh, these companies should be arrested and put in jail yeah. for this. But never, never, ever buy any automobile warranty on television advertising, TV, um, um, direct mail, anything. Uh, don't buy it. Just forget about it. Okay, I, I have a question for you. You talk about mailers. I get a lot of phone calls. Um, are you getting as many phone calls as you are mailers? Because I'm getting an enormous I, I amount yeah, of I get, callers. I get both. Yeah, it's they're, getting crazy. Yeah, they're making a lot of money. Thank, thank gosh for the spam identifier on your phone. Yeah. Well, that, you know that works too. But uh, then they get a little creative and yes, call do. from different numbers. Oh, can I tell you something really funny, real quick? Yeah. I, I, I coined a phrase. I was very proud of myself. Yeah. I've been hounded by a salesperson. Uh-huh. See, guys, 
all you consumers out there, yes, you have it hard with these evil car dealers, but us car dealers, we're hounded by salespeople and every day they're trying oh, yeah. to sell us marketing stuff and yeah. some of these guys are really aggressive. I got this one guy who's been just haunting me for months, mm -hmm. sending me messages. He never texted me, he's leaving me voice messages and I'm, I'm probably not handling this the best way. I'm just like, I'm not responding to him. So finally, he texts me, he goes, hey, I landed in your voicemail again. <laughs> he goes, anytime I can swing by. And I said, hey, listen, I'm not really interested. Please take me off your list. He goes, great, I'll tone it down. How about I follow up next month? <laughs> I'm like, I go, tone it down. I replied, I go, tone it off. <laughs> I go, we're, we're done. <laughs> so, oh, I like that. Yeah, tone it off. All right, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I like that. Okay, well, let's get to the mystery shopping report. And this is, we've revealed the name, but maybe we accidentally did before, mystery shop of J.M. Lexus. J.M. Lexus is in Coconut Creek, Florida, which is like in the Fort Lauderdale area. Margate, technically. A big one? Margate. Margate? Yeah. It's in Margate. Is Margate near Coconut Creek? Yeah, it's close enough. Because Al Hendrickson's in Coconut Creek. Yes. And it's next door to Al Hendrickson Toyota, J.M. Lexus. The right? address of J.M. Lexus is Margate, Florida. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, call it Fort Lauderdale because most people don't know where Margate or Coconut Creek is. Call it Fort Lauderdale. They're the world's largest Lexus dealer. Uh, JM stands for Jim Moran. Uh, Jim Moran was the founder of Southeast Toyota. And uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a phenomenon. Uh, that's where I, I bought my Lexus. And uh, I, uh, I recommend people to this dealership. Uh, this isn't a commercial for them. I recommend that you shop and compare Lexus prices like anything else. Uh, four years ago, JM Lexus joined the Lexus Plus program, a pilot initiative that began with a handful of Lexus dealers that sought to revamp the luxury dealership experience. I should have asked you about this before, Stu, but uh, are you sure it was a bunch of luxury of Lexus dealers that got together, or was it Lexus? It was Lexus. Uh it was the, the corporate, it was the manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, began with a handful, meaning that they selected a handful or. Yes, they, out, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they asked several dealers to join this pilot program. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, with a promise of fixed transparency pricing and a single point of contact with customers. In other words, they want to make a quantum leap for car dealers and Lexus dealers in particular so that you could actually have a normal happy sales experience just like when you bought any other product in the world and and it, w it was a radical move for them when they made it and they had very few Lexus dealers that followed them uh, JM Lexus was one of them and uh, they have very few Lexus dealers either that ultimately followed them I would say less than half I don't know well since it's been it's over four years since that happened yeah. and that's definitely not the main way to most Lexus dealers are not doing it, so no, I don't yeah. know how. Yeah, Palm Beach Lexus is not does doing not it. Do it yeah. do, no. well, they did it for used cars, but not for new right. cars. Well, that's a, just the automation thing. Yeah. Basically, Lexus introduced a one-price uh, selling model. One price is a negotiation-free process that promises a fair discounted price without the need for haggling, like, as I say, every other retail product in the world. Yeah. Uh, the idea is to offer complete transparency in a less stressful and drawn-out way. The one price selling model is older than you may think. I even tried it back in 1990s at my Pontiac dealership. It didn't work out very well for me back then, and I eventually went back to the old-fashioned way of car selling. And the reason it didn't work for me is because people didn't trust me. If you say to a customer, I'm going to put my very lowest price on this 
car, it isn't going to work if they don't believe you. And they didn't believe me because I was a radical. I mean, I, I was a dealer that said, I'm going to put my lowest price on every car. And they, and they said, well, nobody else does in the world. Why would you do it? And it didn't work. I, I didn't believe you either. My sales dropped. <laughs> my sales dropped. And, uh, and I lost money. I mean, I was losing money. And I just uh, finally, after a year, about a year and a half, I said, enough of this, and I quit. But uh, it's definitely not new. Uh, but it just hasn't been able to be implemented by anybody, or very, very few, as it were. Uh, I went back to my old fashioned way, I said, uh, and then I implemented this at the dealership, the Toyota dealership, what, 15 years ago, Stu? Uh, 2012, so nine years ago. Nine years ago. Uh, nine years ago, uh, we went to the one price at my dealership, uh, just like JM Lexus is doing now, or says they're doing, you'll find out later in the report. Lexus Plus adds a modern twist to one price by adding a one-person or single point of contact component. This means that consumers, customers, <laughs> will only deal with one person during the transaction. They, you don't go from person to person to person, and you don't have a, a F&I manager and, a, and, a, and an accessory manager and, a, and a, this manager and that manager, and they pop you around, and uh, they don't do that. One person takes you the whole process. Uh, so it's calmer, cooler, and as I say, of the way every other retail is conducted. And here is uh, a quantum leap by Lexus to bring this to all Lexus dealers. They just haven't been able to do it yet. Lexus Plus also makes another promise to the customers of its participating dealers, no hidden fees. We last Mr. Shop JM Lexus two years ago with the intention of finding out if all that one price stuff was for real. Agent Thunder led that mission our mail shopper, and was pleasantly surprised to find out it was for real. The only thing we faulted them for was they charged a $59 electronic filing fee despite promising no hidden fees. Now, it, the amount of money is so small, you talk about a lot of money for a new Lexus, so for $59, bucks, i am not, yeah. not going to worry about it. I don't know why. I mean, why do they do that? I mean. They sell more Lexuses than anybody adds up. <laughs> yeah, why not be pure? I guess so. Yeah. You sell 500 Lexuses, you get so. a, yeah, I guess 25 so. grand. Uh, since last week, uh, we targeted the Lexus dealership, Lexus of Palm Beach. We figured now would be a good time to return to JM Lexus and see if they're still being good. We selected Agent Lightning, our female shop, to lead the mission to Margate. Once again, she chose a new 2021 Lexus ES350, this time in Nebula Gray, I hate those names. Before heading out, she found JM Lexus online price for the vehicle she wanted. The MSRP was 46,715, 46,000, and it was listed for sale for 42,290 dollars, and that included a 1,500 dollar manufacturer rebate. Okay, how sweet that is! Uh, everything's listed there, right online. Don't have to go in. You get it. Anybody could get it. Uh, surprisingly, JM Lexus also listed their out-the-door price with an itemized list of all taxes and fees. The format was similar. They used the same online platform that my dealership uses. Yeah, they use Roadster. Huh? They use Roadster. Yeah, Roadster, yeah. And, so and, it's uh, a buyer's order they put online yeah. with everything you're going to pay. And uh, this Lexus thing came out after we did what we did. We were flattered when it happened because mm -hmm. we said, hey, look at that. Lexus, finally a manufacturer is going to copy something that we did at our mm -hmm. dealership. So it made me feel good. 
listed among the itemized tax and fees was GM Lexus's or I just said that. No, 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 no. This is, oh, I, I reference yeah. it again. Okay, $59 electronic filing fee. Many that was a mini dealer fee. Mm -hmm. And as I say, you know, if you're listening, uh, folks at GM Lexus, uh, take the $59 out. I mean, it's not a big deal, but you know, somebody's going to beat you up on yeah, that. Get pure. Be yeah. pure. Be pure. Where uh, were okay? Uh, there was a glitch that we saw. Yeah, it, it, it was a glitch. We thought it was a glitch. I think it is. Um, ours, ours does it automatically. So it was just missing the re the registration fee. It had only part of it. it had a, oh. So it, I think it was just a technical thing. Yeah. Well, tell them about so it. So in other words, the price that they had should have been higher. Um, yeah. It needs to be about, I'm going to guess, usually for that kind of car, it would be around 500 they would add. I got you. Uh, the out-the-door price, online price, was 45754 but it should be closer to 46200 if they correctly added the registration fees. Now, I, I, I totally agree. That would be a... Uh, mistake. Yeah, that's not. No, uh, here's a report. Speaking of the first person, this is a flightworthy female shopper, Agent Lightning. I arrived at 12:10 p.m. Parked, walked to, I uh, started to walk around the lot. The place was huge. I could see activity in the showroom, but out on the lot there wasn't much action. After not being noticed for 15 minutes, I headed inside. I stepped up to the front desk, but no receptionist was there. I decided to wait while I did. A couple of other customers lined up behind me. Finally, a man approached from behind the desk, plexiglass shield, and asked if I had an appointment. I said I didn't, but I would like to see someone about getting a new ES350. Now, this little experience here is a car dealer that bothers me a little bit, uh, and uh, I think it's a fluke. Yeah, uh, I do too. And, and I just don't think that, uh, you know, you should have somebody there. You don't have to wait for somebody to come up to the receptionist. Or maybe they were so busy. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, again, efficiency is something that you're probably going to find a lot of at JM Lexus, and this is really an anomaly. The man behind the plastic said he would get someone for me, asked for my name and phone number, and he directed me to sit in a waiting area and said I could expect to wait five minutes. Nice touch. Uh, you just don't let somebody plop down and say, uh, I just licked my mask. I was trying to. The <laughs> <laughs> salesperson approached me in about a minute. He handed me a card. Says his name was Ryan. So they said it's a five-minute wait. Only took a minute. Under promise, over deliver. And they, they made up for the little wait at the reception desk. Yeah, exactly. His card uh, said he was a sales manager, and uh, we think that everybody calls themselves a sales manager, and there's nothing wrong with that because they are. They do everything. Yeah, there, there isn't a sales manager. Yeah. yeah, you go into a bank. Everybody's a vice president, right? So uh, everybody's a sales manager at J.M. Lexus. We walked around the showroom. Ryan asked me what the vehicle I was interested in. I told him about the Nebula Gray ES350 I wanted. I said I had a not-so-great experience last week at another Lexus dealership. Ryan expressed sympathy. He asked me how familiar I was with the ES350, and I confessed I wasn't very well-versed. I said I'd compare models online, and I sort of settled on the Nebula Gray one. Ryan went on to describe all the different variations and options for the ES350, but ultimately I returned to the one I came in on. Ryan led me back uh, to the waiting area, said he'd go find the keys to the one I wanted. I, I waited a good 15 minutes before Ryan returned, and he apologized profusely. Now, waiting is something you see in almost all cars, but the apology 
it doesn't happen in all car dealerships. So here, here's the class, the professionalism coming through at JM Lexus. He had been able to find the keys, but he bought, he had been unable to find the keys, but he brought the keys to a 2020 demo model. He assured me it would drive just like the 2021. And that's probably true. We went on to test drive, and uh, Ryan spent his time teaching me about the vehicle and explaining JM Lexus' selling process. One price, one person. And other policies like having no dealer fees. He said that even though there are no haggle dealership, their prices are $500 to $1,000 lower than any other Lexus dealers because of the dealer fee thing. Now, there's a little puffery there, folks. Uh, yeah. A little puffery. It can be true, but not always. It can be true. So we recommend that even with a one-price dealer, you shop and compare. In fact, if you want to buy a Lexus, <coughs> and if you're, if you're in Florida, I'm sorry to say South Florida, but if you're in Florida and you want to buy a Lexus, go online to JM Lexus. Get their price on the model you want to buy. They're out the door price. And then go to your local Lexus dealer and say, will you beat this? Okay? Seriously, if you're a Lexus buyer, that's what you should do. You can get your out-the-door price on a Lexus, a JM Lexus, and I think if you try hard enough and you understand that you've got to get the out-the-door, the price you can write the check for and hand it over to the dealership and drive that Lexus home. If you get... If you if you get the price from JM Lexus, that's what you got. But you have to get the same thing, only lower, from your local Lexus dealer. That's the way to get a heck of a deal on a Lexus. But make sure you beat them by a lot. You know, by a lot. You beat them by a lot. They beat you by beat them by a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. Buy it from JM Lexus. Well, it depends on how far away you are. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're in Apalachicola, yeah. You know. We returned to the dealership, parked the demo, and went look for the uh, nebula gray one I wanted. We found it quickly, walked around it, inspecting it was the correct car. Uh, same MSRP and the stock numbers match. Uh, there was no addendum sticker, that's refreshing. Very few car dealerships in Florida that make that statement. No addendum sticker. They almost all have them. We went inside to see the numbers. I told Ryan that I was paying cash. And needed, sorry. Huh? My autocorrect is about to drive me insane. It's needed. Oh, and needed to withdraw the necessary funds uh, from a trust. I explained that I would need a document with an itemized breakdown of all costs and out the door figure. I like that trust angle in my trust. Mm -hmm. It requires. I like that. She's a trust fund baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the amount I would need to write on the check, Ryan said, no problem. Another refreshing thing that you will only get from a upfront, honest dealer that will give you his real price best price and uh, he doesn't mind giving it to you you already got it anyway because you're online you saw the price mm -hmm. and uh, you could you, when you're shopping the price go to the uh, JM Lexus website uh, do a screenshot of the out-the-door price and take that into uh, Apalachicola Lexus it's, there's no such thing it's even cooler you can click share details and you'll have that thing will appear on your phone exactly exactly there you go uh, he printed a worksheet at his desk and put it on the on his desk and put it on the desk between us. The top line was MSRP, $46,715. He took off a $2,295 discount and a $1,500 rebate. This made my price $42,920 
exactly as posted online. And I put an exclamation point there. Amazing. You actually are getting quoted the same price that you saw online. Doesn't happen very often, folks. There was a $59 electronic filing fee and a $6.50 for Florida waste tire battery. That's legit. Yeah. Now, the $6.50 for torque, I mean, uh, $6.50, who cares? $6.50. It's a, it's a $1.50 for the uh, battery and $5 yeah. for the tire, or vice yeah. versa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nickels and dimes. The $59 is just on the cusp. I don't like that. See, this electronic filing fee is something that all car dealers use. It costs about 10 bucks. Uh, it's a cost of doing business. And they're taking that 10 bucks and they're marking it up to $59. Petty, petty, petty. Mm. And I just don't think anybody up in the hierarchy of GM Lexus understands what they're doing. Uh, and it's so petty, I shouldn't be, be talking about it. Out the door, I was uh, $46,234, also right in line with the out the door price of their website. And uh, it did calculate the tag correctly. If it calculated tag correctly, which which would have to be, did he, how would they know the, if I was going to trade in or not? I don't know. He asked me if uh, if this worksheet would be sufficient for the trust. I said it would. He offered to walk me to the door. And along the way, he said he would be ready whenever I was ready to move forward. No pressure. Pressureless, transparent, incredibly good experience, in my opinion. And there you are. Uh, I think this was uh, one hell of a good uh, uh, mystery shop. I do too. Uh, it was a big difference, big, a big improvement over uh, Palm Beach Lexus uh, experience last week. Um, let me go online and see what we got coming in here. Let's see. You know, I think our I think our our listeners are so shocked they don't know how to grade a good mystery shop. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Come on. I'm waiting for you, Lynn. I want a big fat A. But here we go. Tim on Facebook uh, uh, gives him an A. Um, and let's see if we have any text coming in. Not yet. I think people are trying to sort this out. Oh, Jonathan gives him a B minus. Their initial sense of urgency is lacking. The customer's time is valuable, and that was definitely a. It was a less than favorable mark on the experience, but um, like, I, like I said, sometimes, who knows, maybe the receptionist had, a, had an emergency. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'll give them some leeway on that. And I'm going to give them an A. And I don't care about the $59 because, like you said, in the, in the totality of that price, yeah. it's not that impactful to the consumer, but they got to get it just, they could be perfect if they, if they drop that. What did we get Palm Beach Lexus last week? Or two weeks ago. Oh gosh, don't ask me. What was it? Uh, I think it was a, I think it was a B plus. Uh, no, no, they they didn't do so well because w with the um, with the addendum, I think they might have gotten a, a C minus. Here, I'll pull it up. You guys give grades. I'll uh, pull uh, it up. My point being, the JM Lexus should be a, a, a much better grade. Yeah. Than the uh, Palm Beach Lexus. So, uh, Rick, what have we got here? I've got Tom with an A. It says only Earl gets an A plus. Mark from St. Louis with a B and a big wow. Mark Smith, an A. Uh, John Strine, A. He says, I'm actually in the market for a Lexus. Hey. So, John, hey, check out JM. Ernesto with an A minus. Mark Ryan with an A. Uh, Wayne with an A plus. And Rico with an A. Right. And for me, I'm, I'm going to give him an A. Yep. Linda gives him an A. Bob gives him an A. And last week, we gave uh, Lexus of Palm Beach a B. Yeah, you know, let me ask you this. Do they deliver? Uh, we should have found out. 
Uh, they deliver cars and they I will look. and they also deliver uh, service cars. Uh, they're an amazing uh, Lexus dealership. Uh, you might mm -hmm. even be able to buy a car from J.M. Lexus and have it delivered. You can. Uh, they, they use the, it looks like very familiar, doesn't it, except ours is red. Um, yeah. They use Roadster and they do home delivery. Um, I don't know what their policy on, on if it's free or how far, uh, what radius it is for free delivery, but I'll look up and yeah. we'll inform our consumers. But they do home delivery and you can do 100% online buying with them yeah. uh, at J.M. Lexus. Okay, what do we got over there, Nancy? You got any... Uh, well, what I have is um, I'm very happy, number one, with Lexus. And number two, uh, <laughs> so be the $59 electronic fee, uh, the uh, $6.50 uh, for the uh, waste or whatever. Maybe they need those few nickels and dimes to purchase donuts. Who knows? But I give Lexus an A. And that, uh, what is it, Nebula, gray? Nebula. Nebula? Yeah. You That's the new, I believe that that is the new black. Is it? For Lexus. I and I, by the way, I was checking out these colors in the coating for Lexus. They have so many different, and you, you wonder where they come up with these names for the colors. And it's just, uh, it's very interesting. So there you have uh, the new black, and I give Lexus an A. Okay, it'll be an A. Uh, just remember that you should shop the price anyway, but we recommend GM Lexus if you want to yeah. buy a Lexus, and uh, get their price and see if somebody can beat it. And let's do so, they try to get them to beat it significantly. Uh, yeah, because I, I believe GM Lexus deserves some credit for putting their best foot out there with a buyer's order online, yeah. and so, the other guys, you make it too easy, you know, for them. So uh, make them really work for your business. Absolutely. Okay. Are we all ready to wrap it up here? You need to grade. I need to do. Your grade? What's your? Oh, my grade. Oh, of course, A. Yeah. A. a? Yeah, I okay. Say, I and say and a. by the way, if you don't want uh, the uh, uh, the the gray color that they have, you can get a caviar mica. Just okay. throwing that out Ca there. Yeah. Hey. Caviar, caviar mica. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. What is that? I saw caviar mica. <laughs> what is that? What color is that? <laughs> exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for spending Saturday morning with us. We do appreciate your company. And we'll be right back here next week, Saturday morning, 8 a.m. So we'll see you then. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.